Hey folks, what's happening? Larry here, writer and artist at LarryGMcGuire.com. Welcome along to the Daily Larb. I am your host uh, for the show here, the Almost Daily Larb. Uh, get a couple of episodes out every week, uh, probably three or four. And uh, today I just pulled in to the side of the road and uh, decided to record or capture some thoughts before they escape. Uh, I find that, you know, that if I don't jot down or or do an audio of uh, stuff that's gone on, um, some ideas or whatever, I lose them. Uh, so I decided to pull in and get this down uh, before it disappears. Um, I'm a writer and artist, as I said, and I made this podcast... Uh, for creative people like me, creative thinkers, artists, writers, uh, craftspeople, people who are out there making a living or not by doing whatever it is they uh, like to do, whatever floats their boat, creatively, I mean. And uh, lots of occupations can fall into that category of uh, creative endeavour, uh, although many of us um, tend to believe otherwise. Uh, what I do to earn... Uh, pounds and pence to pay the bills, keep the lights on, is uh, electrical work. I'm an electrician. Been in the game since I was 13, working a few days with my dad, uh, working the summers with the company that uh, he worked for. And Left school when I was 15, started an apprenticeship, went on to build a business, blah, 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 and here I am. Uh, the work is good to me. Uh, and Like I said, it pays the bills and provides a reasonably comfortable uh, way of life, you know. I can go and come as I please. I can pick the client I want to work with. I can uh, take days off when I want. But um, you have to be careful if uh, you enter into the trades or a similar uh, occupation. Um, because, Especially if you're in business for yourself, I mean. Because you can be dragged into this uh, illusion that bigger is better, you know. That uh, more staff, more people, more clients, bigger jobs is going to make you a wealthier person, but it won't, not necessarily, at least not on its own. I don't believe tradespeople, craftspeople can be wealthy uh, by merely carrying out the daily craft. You can make a living from it, absolutely, but uh, uh, to be wealthy, you need to do something else. And I was reminded of that today because I was on site uh, on a client's job and doing some small tidy up things and a bloke arrived in to do another piece of work I don't know what he was doing but uh, he recognised me and he said hey you're that dude from the YouTube video <laughs> he says uh, oh yeah you were talking about tradespeople and work and stuff yeah and uh, I, I found the video I found a bunch of your videos when, when I was starting out on my own and they were really helpful and all this kind of stuff and I was a little bit taken aback you know it's not it's not very often that uh, that uh, happens you know that uh, People recognise you from stuff you do online. But it happened today, and it was kind of surreal, but at the same time reminded me that this work I do from day to day, is uh, it serves a purpose, and I like it. I mean, um, I enjoy going out, meeting people, and doing the work. And uh, there was a period where I didn't. I gave it up, um, and I decided to do other things. But uh, I do understand that the work is just there to provide an income. It's not. Uh, it's never going to make me wealthy. And whether you're a painter, or a poet, or a songwriter, or a musician, or uh, a coder, designer, uh, architect, uh, builder, plumber, 
whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do, you can make pots for a living. You can, you can make knives. You can, you can fix people's stuff. But that work in of itself will not make you or me wealthy. It just won't. You've got to upscale, you know, unless you make something really unique and bespoke. I mean, that's the first part. Uh, then you've got to find people who are willing to pay you a premium for it. Now, that that is out there. I mean, I work for people who provide services to very wealthy individuals and uh, make a very, very comfortable living from it. Now, they won't be millionaires either. Um, and I think the thing to remember here in all of this is that uh, in order to in order to allow that thing we do um, bring in as much money into our pockets as possible. I mean, it's not the end of the, it's not the end game, not for everybody, but everybody wants to be comfortable, you know. And in order to, to, for that particular craft or work to bring in a serious amount of cash, we've got to scale, you know. And I've found that, uh, the only way in this particular game, I operate in the construction game, I work with, uh, principal contractors, builders and stuff. And the only way to make that work, uh, big time is to scale. And, uh, how they do it here, and I know it's probably the same internationally, is that you build a management team, a team that occupies an office space, that prices work, that manages accounts, that, uh, manages subcontractors. And you shift all of that responsibility for labor and materials onto the subcontractor. Um, and that way you reduce your own liability and uh, the subcontractors uh, then take the brunt if the shit hits the fan. And uh, it does invariably in the building game because um, it's cutthroat, you know. It's a, it's a tox- toxic industry. I've written about this before and it's adversarial. Uh, certainly at the larger end. And if you want to be successful in the construction game, you got to develop, you got to build a management outfit and be ruthless, you know. That's the nature of the business. Now, it could be different to that, but that's how it is. And being a tradesperson in that in that game, you've got to be cute, you've got to be savvy, you've got to be wide, you know. And for um, other creative people, and I do regard the trades as creative, highly creative, because... When you're going about your work, the technical work that you do, just knowing the A to Z of the technical work is not enough. You need to be able to think laterally. You need to be able to think outside the box. You need to be able to innovate and come up with solutions because uh, the solutions are not uh, available in that box of tricks, you know, box of tools, the standard box of tools, A to Z on how to carry out the technical work. And I'm pretty sure that you can apply that to painting too. I draw large format. Um, portraits. I'm not very fast at it, but I'm good at it. Uh, and uh, they take time. I know with perseverance uh, and consistent effort, I could become quicker and better at it. Um, but I know that when I'm drawing something, I've got to, I've got to draw. Pardon the, pardon the pun. I've got to draw on the same skill set that I use in the technical work I do from day to day. You know. And uh, it's even more demanding because you have to shut out everything else. Now, and I often find in the in the work that I do that um, puts money in my wallet that I need to shut out everything else too in order to do the best work I can. And that's difficult because there's lots of other people involved. But anyway, um, if you're an artist, if you're a creative, a writer, a musician, 
uh, someone who who makes uh, beautiful things, uh, bespoke things, um, whether it's furniture or you design websites or you 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 paint portraits or you, you draw landscapes or uh, you write music or you you write poetry or whatever it is you write novels. Um, you've got to if you're going to be wealthy from that if if that's your game if that's your end game if you want to make a lot of money from it well you got to find a way to scale that up and really the only way of doing that uh, is via the internet you know through marketing your work and i've been talking about marketing in the last few episodes and a little while ago maybe about six five or six episodes ago i spoke to paul omani about about marketing and and my idea not my idea, but a commonly uh, accepted idea is that marketing is manipulation. And I truly believe that the majority of marketing out there is manipulation. It's uh, persuasion, the art of persuasion. It's the engineering of consent, you know. Uh, and this is, um, in large part, carried out by massive corporations, is propaganda, is bullshit is simply designed to convince you and me that we can achieve these dreams, you know. And they paint up the picture very nicely of a, of a wonderful future that you and I can experience if we just buy their shit. And uh, that's the nature of capitalism, you know. But it's a, it's a, it's a fool's gold, in my opinion. Uh, but still, you and I must market our stuff. We must get out to people. We must We must reach out and try and find people to buy the stuff that we make. Um, now we don't have to be underhanded about it. We don't have to be sneaky and deceitful. Um, many corporations are. Um, many organisations and businesses are. Uh, for example, I go into the supermarket and I buy uh, a pre-sealed packet of uh, lamb chops, for example. And there's a sticker on the lay on the front. It's a clear cellophane, cellophane cover, and there's a sticker on the front. And what's under the sticker? Two lamb chops that are significantly smaller than the two that I can see visually in the <laughs> through the clear uh, cellophane cover. So they put two small ones in under the under the label to fool me, you know. And it's the same with uh, how they uh, word products, how they doctor up labels, how they t- they use the word farm produce, you know, the words farm produce to uh, appeal to your emotional state uh, they go they attempt to bypass your logic and present you stuff that appeals to your emotional brain you know that part of the brain that primitive part of the brain that is tuned to uh fight or flight for example you know so they know you marketers advertisers propaganda merchants public relations people uh, they know you better than you know yourself. And you and I don't have to enter into that game. We, I believe, we should uh, maintain integrity of it at all times and simply present the stuff as we make it. And my belief is that through that uh, presenting of our work from uh, a particular moral standpoint and, and with uh, originality, and with a genuine intent to the, to give somebody something worthwhile that uh, people will latch onto it. Now, it's not overnight. It takes time. Um, in the trades, I don't know how you do that. I think in the trades, um, in 
if you're a craftsperson making pottery or creating designer tiles, for example, or, or manufacturing knives by hand, for example, uh, or doing heating systems or uh, ventilation, whatever. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you make yourself stand out. Maybe choose a particular niche within your game and uh, apply a rate accordingly. But um, it's tough. It's a tough ask. I think if you and I, as craftspeople, are to make more than just the average rate for our stuff, we've got to we've got to differentiate ourselves from everybody else. You know, uh, it's a difficult ask, but. Um, it is senseless pricing your stuff below what you think it's worth. It is senseless playing the game of lowest denominator, low, lowest common denominator. It's completely futile and to your absolute detriment to play uh, the game of providing your stuff as cheap as possible so, so people will buy it. Like completely crazy. And uh, I spoke to a contractor today who's going out to tender for a, for a job, small job, commercial job. And uh, his intent is to get the lowest price po- possible, even though he has the job. And uh, offered me um, the opportunity to price it, which I will. And I know the answer. Uh, I know his response, rather, will be, uh, here's two other prices, uh, can you match the lowest? And my answer will be no. Because, uh, first of all, I'm busy, which is good. And secondly, that's a mug's game, you know. So I don't care whether you're screwing screws in the wall and hanging stuff or pulling pipes through floors or cables or building walls or, or painting portraits and writing music and uh, uh, reciting poetry. <laughs> I mean, whatever you're doing. If you charge the same as everybody else or less, you're a fool. You need to be charging more and you need to be confident in the amount that you're charging. I charge, I charge way more than most electricians. And I'm flat out. I mean, I work for myself. I'm only one person. It doesn't take much to keep me busy. But the people who, who buy from me know what they're getting. You know? They get somebody who's going to be there when they say they will. They're going to get somebody who gives a shit about what they do. They're going to be, get somebody who doesn't bullshit and lie to them. They're going to get somebody who is a cut above the rest. And I don't mind telling you that because I am. And that's what I stand by. And I apply a rate to the work that I do that's applicable to that, you know. And uh, not below it. And if you want lower, off you go. And you get what you you get what you pay for. You really do. Now there is a such there is such a case where people who are shit at their job believe that they're a lot better than what they actually are, and charge higher rates. And people get pissed off with that. They feel like they've been shortchanged, sold a pup, ripped off, and maybe they have been. But. Uh, or maybe they got what they asked for, you know. Um, the name of the game, for me, as a creative person, whether I'm writing books, or writing poetry, or pulling cables through floors, the name of the game is charge what you feel is accurate and fair for the work that you do. But don't be shy, you know. And uh, eventually it'll come good. I'm convinced of that. It's all about mindset. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's totally about mindset. I mean, where do you see yourself in the world? Where did I start out this? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I started talking about that YouTube video. 
and I didn't get into it, so I'll tell you now. I was driving home from a project. I just pulled a pin on a project I went into cheap on, and uh, I knew when I went in, and uh, I, I gave the price. I, in negotiation, I agreed to go lower, and I knew when I went lower that it was a mistake, but I went in anyway, and halfway through the job, uh, it was going tits up. I was spending way more because of the inefficiency of the contractor I was involved with, which I knew. I knew he was inefficient. I knew I couldn't make it work, but I went with it anyway. Stupid. Naive. Uh, and the day came and I just said, no, I've had enough. I'm out of here. And I pulled a pin and uh, I left the job half finished and he had to hire somebody else to come in and finish it. And I'm not uh, shy about telling you that. I think you should do that too if you happen to be in that position. You've got to cut your losses. It was a business decision. Uh, I decided to leave because had I stayed, I would have uh, lost even more than I had lost at that point. So I pulled a pin on it and as I drove home, I recorded a video. It's about, I don't know, 12, 15 minutes long, maybe 12 minutes. And uh, the, the hub of the comment that I made, or the, the, the nucleus of it was that tradesmen don't become wealthy. Tradespeople don't and never will become wealthy. You'll make a living from it, but you won't become wealthy. And if you want to become wealthy in the construction game, then you got to do something else. So that was the, the hub of it. And this guy recognised me today on a job. He said, hey, you're that guy who recorded that video. Uh, and I went, yeah, that's right, yeah, wow. Bit of a flashback. That was probably three or four years ago. But anyway, um, I think no matter what you're doing in your work, if you work for yourself um, and you want to make money from it, you got to scale. And... Uh, you make a you make a reasonable living just operating solo, but make sure you're charging enough. That's what I told your man today. Um, if you're not charging enough, well, you're doing yourself a disservice. And if you're not marketing your work, if you're not getting out and meeting people, if you're not socialising in circles that circles that in circles of people who have money enough to pay you for the work that you do, if you're not getting online and writing about the stuff that you do and sharing your photographs of, of the things you make on Instagram or whatever or fa- your Facebook page if you're not you're not marketing if you're not promoting yourself well you're doing yourself a disservice because people aren't going to necessarily come turning through your door if you just sit there and wait for them to do that you've got to go out and go hey check this out and if you've got yourself a copy of the artist's manifesto you'll read that same thing uh, in the latter sections of it it's only a short document if you haven't got it yet, get over to LarryJimGuire.com and download a copy of an updated version. And actually, as I was reading it uh, to myself yesterday, I recognised that there's several parts of it that uh, there's, there's even more typos. I keep finding fucking typos. Uh, so, And maybe sections of it that I could have worded differently and phrased differently. So going to rewrite that again. And if you are a patron, uh, which you can be if you go over to patreon.com forward slash Larry G. McGuire. If you are a patron of mine, uh, you'll get that, the audiobook version of the artist's manifesto short form version, uh, for free. Uh, no cost to you. And, uh, I'll be recording that shortly. Um, patreon.com forward slash Larry G. McGuire. Patronage starts at only a dollar a month. And the name of the game there with Patreon for me is to build up a following. 
of people who like what I make, this podcast, for example, uh, and your contributions, should you decide to become a patron, will help keep this podcast advert-free, uh, promotional material-free. Uh, I don't think that truly represents me. If you want to do it on your show, then go ahead. There's plenty of people do. Um, I will promote the odd product, but not on here. Uh, I'll promote stuff that I use like studio press for example or otherwise on my site but i won't um i, I won't do it here says he after mentioning studio press but anyway you get the picture i'm trying to illustrate something i want to keep this podcast advert and promotional product p- uh, placement free so uh you can help me do that by becoming a patron uh, and uh, i'll mention books that i write from time to time but that's about it. What I primarily do here is share ideas, share my thoughts on things, try to keep it uh, as real as I can. And uh, that's even that doesn't even make sense. I just give you me. That's it. I talk about things I'm interested in. I uh, share the ideas, my ideas about stuff that uh, makes me think. And maybe it'll make you think too. And uh, if it lights your fire, if it floats your boat... If it resonates with you, then let me know. Drop me a line. Uh, so that's about it for today, for this episode of the Daily Larb. Uh, you can get me on iTunes. You can get it on Spreaker. You can get it on Anchor, uh, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, Overcast. Anywhere good podcasts are produced or shared, you'll get uh, the Daily Larb. So hope I'll see you there. Uh, you can read... More of my stuff over at larrygmaguire.com. If you'd like to receive a notification of these podcasts, if you'd like to get the articles that I write, uh, get over to Larry G. McGuire and sign up. Uh, larrygmaguire.com and sign up. And uh, I'll bang you on my email list and let you know what's happening. So until maybe tomorrow or the next day, I'll see you later. Take it easy. Have a good day.